On this episode of the Best of Bias Podcast, you got your boy, Lydell De Niro. Of course, we back, and it's football season, so you know what it's time for. We got to review them games, and you know it's fantasy football season as well. So I'm going to go over those scores and let y'all know what's going on in the Best of Bias Fantasy League. Of course, what else we got today on the docket? Not really much pop culture stuff, just a few topics that are kind of related with sports. I'm touching with Michael Irving and some of the stuff that he's going through with his trial. He's suing Marriott. Uh, for defamation and stuff um, from back in the day when he got fired from the NFL right before the Super Bowl from NFL Network. Uh, college football, we're going to review some of those scores. It's going to be a sports-heavy episode this week. Um, I hope you guys are ready for that. It's been a while since I really got deeper to the sports. And, you know, it's sports time, so we're right in that area. We got to get it done. Um, but we do have some Cinema Corner like we always do. i um, been watching a couple of shows, The Changeling, um it came out on apple tv apple plus is what they call it i think i'm um, gonna we'll talk a little bit about that introduce you guys to that it's on right now first three episodes dropped new one drops on friday when this episode drops so it'll be cool and then ahsoka episode five dropped and then a little bit of what i'm watching to get you guys ready for the fall because it's almost time for you know the cupping season the cuddling season you know netflix and all that streaming stuff so it's good to get a lot of shows to watch prepare you guys for the cold and the change of weather man summer's over so welcome to the best of buys podcast if you knew the family you already know what it is your favorite podcast thank you for clicking today is friday Long week is over. Kick back, relax. Let's listen to this podcast. You know what it is. Um, this is where I usually like to say where my pie, where my theme song at. But you guys already know where that theme song at. It's right here. Best of Bias podcast. Light on there. No guests this week, but you know it's still live. Where my theme song at? Let's get it in. Yeah. It's the best of best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us from pop culture to the movies to unite us. It's the best of best of bias. The best of bias. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the best of bias. You are now listening to the Best of Bias podcast with Lydell De Niro and Hugo Twilight. What's up, everybody? It's Friday, and it's time for another episode of the Best of Bias podcast, starring yours truly, the Best of Bias, Don Dada himself, Lydell De Niro. Whew. Oh, my hat's a little dirty right there. Damn, why aren't y'all telling me, man? I should have wore a different bias hat. I got a bunch of them. Goddamn. But anyways, yeah, welcome to the podcast, man. It's a sports-heavy episode, like I said in the intro there. Hope you guys are ready for that. Not much pop culture right now this week, but, you know, there's plenty of weeks for that. But a lot of stuff I want to talk to you guys about in the sports realm and talk to y'all a little bit about Cinema Corner and review some TV shows for y'all. Hope y'all okay with that. Y'all cool with that? Y'all cool with that? No guests this week. Are y'all cool with that, too? It's just your boy. In my dirty hat, I might have to flip this up a little bit for the episode because <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that um, that brim. But a bunch of games this weekend. NFL started week one. Um, hope your fantasy uh, teams did well. Hope your teams in general did well. Uh, man, man, tough week for some teams. Uh, really good week from other teams. Cowboys. I'll get into all that as I go through. I'll review. I'm review scores. Talk a little bit about the games as I go. Talk about the Buccaneers, of course. Um, then talk about next week, some spreads, talk about a little bit of the fantasy football scores. So I hope everybody is ready for that. It's going to be a good episode this week, but let's not waste any more time because there's a lot of scores and stuff to get into. But again, NFL was back this week, starting with Thursday's game. I talked a little bit about Thursday's game. I think last week, um, last Friday's episode when Mahomes took on Jared Goff. So I won't really talk too much about that. Um, you know, the Lions won 21 to 20. 
Um, and then we have the Bengals, who in a rainy game actually got shown up by the Browns, who didn't really look too good themselves. Deshaun Watson's on, you know, the comeback track, trying to prove himself to everybody and prove for that contract that he got, that 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 record-setting, uh, market-setting contract that he got after uh, coming off his allegations coming out of Houston that everybody's kind of shook up about. He kind of has, has to prove himself and prove that he's worth that contract. Last year when he did come back from that suspension, he didn't really do too well. So this well is everybody's kind of looking at him. He's under a microscope and hoping that he can take the Browns to another level um, because that defense we all know is pretty raw. So that offense, um, if Deshaun could take it to another level, it would be cool. Uh, but he did beat the Bengals. Bengals look really bad bad i think joe burling had like 82 passing yards it was raining and he was coming off that calf injury so i'm not gonna hold it too much against them but i really did expect the Bengals to do a lot better i know a lot of people <laughs> other people did too they didn't expect them to only get three points so um that was a crazy game for joe burrow but i feel it um a lot of teams that don't really play in the preseason are gonna be a little rusty because this is essentially the first game um to just knock that dust off and it's kind of like a preseason game, preseason game for them um but still you gotta execute man um 17 game season everybody's you know Pushing every win does matter um, because I'm sure towards the end of the season when the 17th game, 17th game comes around, a lot of these teams, especially in that division, in the AFC North, it's going to be pretty tight. So I know the Bengals are wishing they had that one back, but there's always next week. Um, the Browns did win that game. The Texans um, and CJ Stroud's first showing didn't go too well. The Ravens did win that game 25 to nine. Uh, sadly for the Ravens, J.K. Dobbins did tear his Achilles and this might be done for his career because he was just coming off a devastating ACL injury. Just worked his way back and actually was just actually healthy for the first time. Scored a touchdown shortly after that. He did tear his ACL. So prayers out to him. Uh, uh, excuse me. Lamar Jackson didn't have the best game coming out his first game. So hopefully next game he can turn it around. But this game was on a greatest showing. Um, Zay Flowers had a good showing as well. Um, he's looking to be a good connection. I think he had like nine targets from Lamar Jackson. So that's good for them. Um, but they did come out winning the game. Andrew Mark Andrews was already kind of hurt. So he didn't have a safety valve in the game. That could have mattered a lot as well. But um, it's the next man up in the running back room. They always kind of rotated with running backs again because J.K. Dobbins has been hurt. Um, but maybe next week they all uh, have a better showing. But to um, in the beginning of the game, they were letting the Houston Texans stick around a little bit. Um, but C.J. Stroud just kind of show his, his rookiness and did get messed up a little bit, though. The Ravens do have like a little bit of a bad defense. Marlon Humphreys is out. A couple of other starters are out. But um, they were able to get that win. And again, in the AFC North, they're going to have to kind of stack the wins up because, again, that that, that division is going to be fighting for, you know, playoff berth, the Browns, Bengals, uh, Ravens, and Steelers. So um, the Panther – wait, let me see. Next, we got the Bucks versus the Vikings. This game I can talk a little bit more about. I watched this when the Bucks got their first victory uh, under the leadership of Baker Mayfield. Um, in the beginning of the game, I can honestly admit that we didn't play too well. The drives are kind of like rusty. Um, the team didn't really do fair too well on offense, but our defense was actually doing a little bit better. Um, our pass rush with the mixture of guys we got on the line from last year and we have this year. Um, Shaq Barrett coming back on the other side of um, uh, uh, Troy Inca. Uh, Joe Tryon, Choyenka, uh, Logan Hall in the second year, Vita Vea. We just drafted, um, uh, freaking, I forgot his name, dude out of Pitt. Uh, I don't want to say it's Nick Chauncey. I forgot his uh, for the last name. He's a rookie, but he's supposed to be the next Aaron Donald coming out of Pitt. Um, he's been um, out there just, you know, showing out, but he had a little calf strain as well. Um, they held him out of the preseason, and um, after a couple of drives in this game, he did uh, aggravate that strain. But he's going to be out there again. We still got Will Golston on the line, Levante David, and uh, Devin White linebacking. 
uh, Carlton Davis, Jamal Dean, Jamel Dean on the outside holding it down. And the nickel corner is where we're kind of like a little shaky at trying to figure out who um, we can get in there to do some work. But in this game, it was actually an undrafted rookie that came in. I think his last name is Dyson um, and kind of got got an interception, was doing well, uh, knocking passes down. Nobody could stop Justin Jefferson. So I'm sure he had like 150 yards. I, was, I don't have the stats here in front of me, but he was getting open a lot for big chunk plays for Kirk Cousins. But ultimately, Kirk Cousins turned the ball over three times. Our defense was showing up. Um, yeah, forcing fumbles. Antoine Winfield Jr. on a blitz, you know, knocked the ball out of Kirk Cousins' hands. It was a great effort by our defense, and Ty Bowles is showing this year that his defensive prowess isn't shaky. Um, that Baker Mayfield with two touchdowns, uh, two touchdown passes, one to uh, Mike Evans and one to – I forgot who else it was to uh, – one Mike Evans. It wasn't Chris Godwin. Was it Trey Palmer? I'm not sure. It could have been Trey Palmer, but either way, Baker Mayfield came out there. Showed his prowess in the second half, ran somebody over, told him to get his weight up. I like what he did out there. Beat the Vikings. Nobody expected us to win. And we got the Bears next week, and I think we can win that game too. How was that? Nice and precise, right? I didn't I didn't really and and without Dalvin Cook, the Vikings are looking a little weaker. Uh TJ Hawkinson was getting blasted by our linebackers. We made him kind of quit and not want to catch the ball no more, but we're not gonna talk too much about that. Let's move on. Panthers and Falcons. This one was interesting. Falcons won 24 to 10. The Falcons are really interesting because Desmond Ritter is not one to, I mean, not that we've seen yet to be good, really a throw on the ball. I think Drake London didn't get any targets or catches. Kyle Pitts may have got one catch. It was mostly the Tyler Algier and uh, Algier and Bijan Robinson show, which is also interesting because you draft Bijan Robinson so early and uh, Tyler Algier is in there scoring all the touchdowns. Uh, Bijan Robinson did score re- receiving touchdown, but you know, I think Algier had like thirty percent of the carries out there. You know, had two touchdowns rushing, and he's great. I mean, last year he uh, he did have over a thousand yards and break a rookie record for the record record for the Falcons. So, um, them drafting Bijan was kind of interesting, but you know, Arthur Smith likes to run the ball over there. So to have that option, and if he wants to throw the ball, to have Drake London and Kyle Pitts out there, those big monsters to throw the ball to, is also cool. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable. Um, they beat the Panthers with uh, Bryce Young. Um, he's not looking too good his rookie year. The offensive line is not really holding up for him over there at the Panthers, and he doesn't really have, have any receivers to throw to either. So it's just looking kind of ugly for Bryce Young his rookie year, but that's the thing, man. Caleb Williams' dad was saying, man, if if Caleb is not, you know, if there's not a team out there that's looking good and number one, when Caleb's available to go on the draft or eligible for the draft his first year, because he's going to be a junior this year, he can stay and stay a senior year if he wants to, then he'll stay in the draft and wait for a better team to have number one and have him in a better position to succeed in the NFL. Because, again, you're seeing with Bryce Young, uh, mostly, not mostly, all the time, you are going to pretty much go to a team that's really bad if you're going to be the number one quarterback taken or the number one pick in the draft so you kind of have to prepare yourself to go to a bad team and struggle and build it from the ground up um and caleb's dad is like man if we have a chance to not have to go through that and end up on a team that's already kind of built and they just need a quarterback and we can just shoot off from there and not have to be on a team like arizona cardinals where they have so many pieces that where if they even get him it's still going to be bad for the team the ownership is terrible and yeah I feel it. I feel it. But anyways, Bryce Young is getting toe up, and they only scored 10 points, and the Falcons were able to score 24, pretty much controlling the ball on the ground. Um, Let's see. Next, Cardinals and Commanders. Cardinals beat the uh, – the Commanders beat the Cardinals 20-16. to 16. Not really much to say about that. Uh, Colts versus the Jaguars. Jaguars beat the Colts 
31 to 21. Anthony Richardson actually did had a pretty good game, his first game in the NFL. Um, he did his thing, rushing and throwing. He got a little hurt trying to run the ball, but you know, it's rookie, some of those rookie growing pains you're going through. You'll learn how to protect yourselves later in the season as you get these hits in and notice that the NFL is a little bit different than the college system. Um, Trevor Lawrence was able to uh, connect with Calvin Ridley in his comeback first game from being suspended, pretty much having two years off, and he's back to where he left off. Uh, it's going to be a great at, uh, contrib- contribution to the Jaguars and help them get over the top. Um, they did well in the playoffs last year, making it to the second round, and maybe Calvin Ridley can help them get further than that. Uh, Trevor Lawrence and them have a pretty easy schedule, so you know you, if you're betting, you should probably bet on them to win a lot of their games. Um, they have a chance to probably have the best record in the AFC due to that schedule and just the team's talent and the projection for that team in general. Um, the Niners pretty much blew out the Steelers 30 to seven. Everything the Steelers tried to do didn't work. That defense for the 49ers was dominating. Everything Brock Purdy came back and did. And that's Kyle Shanahan offense worked. Kyle, uh, Kyle Pitts, uh, Brandon Ayuk had two touchdowns, just running routes, routing up um, the Pittsburgh Steelers DBs. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is back to Christian McCaffrey way, 67-yard rushing touchdown, catch, catching passes out the backfield. And you already know George Kittle is pretty much Purdy's favorite target and safety valve, so he got his catches as well. Um, the 49ers are on a roll right now, man. If Brock Purdy can come back and produce like he did last year, and that defense is just going to be even better this year. Um, the 49ers are going places. The 49ers and the Cowboys, based on their first-week performances, are pretty much projected to go to the playoffs and be um, the representatives, one of them to be representatives of the NFC. AFC, we don't know so far because a lot of teams are predicted to do great or kind of doing bad right now, but the NFC teams that everybody kind of expected to do great are doing good, and they, they did great their first weeks. But maybe it's the opponents they played, but we'll see. Um, yeah, Niners are one to know beating the Steelers 30-7. to uh, Titans and the Saints. Saints beat the Titans by one. Um, I was watching this game on red zone a little bit. It was kind of sloppy. Tannehill uh, throwing interceptions, not really looking too good. Derrick Henry looking good. Uh, D-Hop looking okay on the squad. But unless they do something with the quarterback situation, they're not going to be any good. Um, Derrick Carr's first game on the uh, Saints was Derrick Carr-ish. He had his ups and downs. I think he threw a pick. Um, There was some turnovers. Obviously, they didn't dominate the way everybody expected them to do um, with the new offense and the new weapons they have with second year of Chris Olave, Michael Thomas coming back. Um, uh, uh, What's his name? Amid Shahid. Whoever the hell that is. Well, I know who it is, but I forgot his name exactly. But uh, the last two years, he's been their receiver because uh, the the year last year, a lot of receivers on the team were hurt, and he was the only one out there performing for uh, Jameis Winston and them. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see um, how they are this season um, because everybody expected Derek Carr to be a changed man on this team and not really have any of the problems he had on the Raiders. Um, but they still kind of look like some of the problems are still there. No matter where Derek Carr goes, he's still going to be Derek Carr. You know what I mean? But we'll see. We'll see if that turns out. Me, personally, I don't ever wish anything good to happen for the Saints. So I hope they probably everything goes bad. But I like Derek Carr, but I wish he went, went to another team because I ain't cheering for the Saints ever. Can't do it, won't do it, can't stop, won't stop. uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh. Next, we have Raiders and the Broncos. I think there was a close game, too. I think it was like 15 to 17. Jimmy Garoppolo went out there, did his thing, had a couple of touchdowns. Um, Jacoby Myers was his target pretty much throughout the game. Uh, Devontae was doing his thing as well. Did a lot better than everybody expected to beat the Broncos. Um, Russell Wilson kind of did a lot better, not did a lot better, but did better in his first game this year than um, his closing out of the season last year. Um, though Jacoby, uh, Jacoby, jo- Jerry Judy was hurt. Uh, Corliss Sutton was able to actually do some things out there. 
Um, Javante Williams, it's cool to see him back out there doing some things as well. But they weren't able to top the Raiders. The Raiders won their first game 17 to 15. Eagles beat the Patriots in a rainy game 25 to 20. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts fumbled a couple of times that game, didn't really have his best game in the world. So everybody's kind of questioning was last year a fluke and stuff like that, seeing him perform. But it was the first game. A lot of, again, a lot of these teams don't play in the preseason. So they have to get their hands or their feet wet. No pun intended because it was hella raining out there. But the Patriots' defense is going to be tough no matter what. Mac Jones and them kind of stuck around towards the end of the game, weren't able to really dominate that much on offense because you already know about the Eagles' defense. Uh, Mac Jones threw a pick six to Darius Slay, who ran it all the way back, almost like 70 yards or something crazy like that. But, yeah, it was a rainy game. And, again, a lot of these players didn't play in the preseason, so they're going to they, they're gonna make their mistakes early. Um but the Eagles were able to win 25 to 20. Rams surprisingly beat the Seahawks 30 to 30 to 13. Um, everybody thought the Seahawks, Seahawks were going to come in and secretly win that NFC West. Um, but I don't know, man. I think it was the offensive coordinator, David Canales, and he's the offensive coordinator on the Bucks now. And without him, Geno Smith and the uh, Seahawks offense is looking pretty pedestrian. Um, Geno Smith is not looking like he did last year. We would think that he would be able to put up points against the Rams without any really good DBs or notable DBs or anything like that. But um, I guess their offensive line is not good enough to contain the defensive line of the Rams. And even if the DBs weren't good enough, they weren't able to hold. I mean, he weren't able to, he wasn't able to hold the ball long enough to get the ball to the receiver. So it was kind of bad for Geno Smith the whole game, and he didn't perform at all. I don't even think he had over 100 yards. Um, or, well, he did over, over 100 yards, but not over, you know, not 200 yards. And he didn't perform anywhere as well as he did closing out the last season where he was a sleeper kind of MVP candidate, comeback player of the year in that candidate. Um, but, yeah, pretty bad game for them. Uh, Matthew Stafford coming back from injury looked like a gunslinger, even though he didn't have Cooper Cup out there. He was finding Puka Nakua. Uh, Van Jefferson for a bunch of yards, Tyler Higby just slanging it, no look passes, throwing it from all the different angles like Matt, Matthew Stafford usually does. It was pretty crazy. Um, yeah, they won 30 to 13. Dolphins won 36 to 34, which is one of the craziest games of the day. Uh, Tyree kills a monster. He had like eight, nine catches for 214 yards and two touchdowns. Tua was bombing him the ball. Um, nobody can guard that man. It's kind of crazy to see how somebody his size can create so much separation and be so much better than everybody else athletically to where there's nothing you really can do to stop him. Uh, Justin Herbert, you know, I fuck with Justin Herbert. It's the long way. Pause. Uh, him and Keenan Allen, Pac-12 representatives out there doing their thing. Um, last year, I thought they fell short, but this year they could do something out there. And they did their thing in this game. It's just that every time they scored, the the you know, the Dolphins were able to score back. In the last drive, it took for uh, Herbert to match the touchdown that the the Dolphins and Tyreek Hill scored. Um, the offensive line for the Chargers got Herbert sacked twice, pushing them back almost all the way to the goal line to where they had no chance to score. So big ups to the Dolphins and their defense are holding the Chargers. It was a high-scoring game. But, man, man, oh, man, Tyreek Hill is something – to be reckoned with, and I'm happy that he's on my fantasy team that I'll talk about in a little bit when we get there. Packers and Bears. Packers were able to win 38-20. to 20. Uh, Jordan Love went out there and showed that he was something. He threw for almost 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns, looking good out there against the Bears. Uh, Justin Fields, on the other hand, didn't really seem like he progressed that much. He still looked the same as last year. Um, getting whooped in the beginning of the game and then doing all this stuff that stat pad in the garbage time of the games after they're already getting whooped. Um, I don't know if it's the coaching. I don't know if it's the team that's kind of studying his uh, development or if it's the quarterback in general, but 
out of all the quarterbacks, all the young guys that have been developing are supposed to be developing, it, Justin Fields isn't really doing much. I mean, he can run and scramble and, you know, get those extra yards. But I think that's kind of an easier thing to do for a quarterback when there's nobody really focusing on you to run, really. Um, you're like the last option to do in that open space. And if you're good and athletic and open space, you can get those extra yards. That is cool for fantasy and things like that, but it's not going to really – accumulate to wins for actual football teams, especially with your body being hit all these times. Um, you're just going to just keep, you know, disintegrating. I don't want to say that word because that's kind of extreme, but your body's going to keep wearing down until you can't take those hits anymore. And it, that's always a story of quarterbacks in the NFL, that's the never ending story. But anyways, it's good to see the Packers and the Bears, the young quarterbacks actually out there doing their thing. The new generation of quarterbacks is going to be cool, man. Um, Aaron Rodgers, sadly, I'll get to him in a second. His game is coming up. But with that wave of older quarterbacks being gone, it's time for the new wave and to see who's going to actually take that step and actually take take the torch and rise above. It's Pat Mahomes, of course, right now. But there's gonna who's going to be the person that competes with him? Is it Joe Burrow? He's having bad games. Is it going to be Josh Allen? I'll talk about his game soon. He had a bad game, too. So we'll see. Um Cowboys and Giants, this game you shouldn't even talk about. It was a rainy game. Cowboys defense destroyed the Giants 40-0. to There's not much to talk about. Dak Prescott didn't really have to do anything because the defense pretty much scored on every drive. The first two drives were scored by defense and special teams of the Cowboys. And then every drive after that, Daniel Jones either fumbled, turned the ball over, or the, the, the Giants tried to run the ball in the rain and weren't able to do anything. It was, a, it was a kind of a waste of a, a Sunday night game because the Cowboys dominated from beginning to end, and it was pretty much over at halftime. Yeah. Bills versus Jets. This game was, again, ruined in the beginning of the game because the four, first four snaps, Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles, man. We hyped up this whole season for Aaron Rodgers to come out and play for the Jets. The Jets are going to be this team that takes the next step and wins the Super Bowl. We're the next team that gets that veteran quarterback and wins the Super Bowl the first year. But no, that man tears his Achilles, man. The saddest thing, the saddest story we can ever hear. I mean, if you like Aaron Rodgers, if you don't Aaron, like Aaron Rodgers, you wouldn't want him to go out like this. Um, he was already contemplating retirement, and then his his Achilles pops. I don't know if he's going to want to have to go through the rehab of getting all that because, first of all, it's a really hard injury to come back from, um, and he's already 39. I don't know if he's going to want to do that and then come back and try to get ready for a football season. I know he probably promised the team a lot. I know he had a, probably had big plans for the team, and the teams have big plans for him. Of course, everybody knows that, but I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to want to come back and try to risk further injury coming off an Achilles. Um, but it's really sad, man. It was good to see the uh, the Jets actually win that game 22-16. to 16. Their defense is looking, looking really formidable. Uh, one of the DBs on the team said their defense is comparable to the 85 Bears, which was everybody saying he was going a little too far, which put a lot of more pressure on uh, Aaron Rodgers. But the way they stepped up after Aaron Rodgers did get hurt um, kind of showed a little bit, man. Their defense is going to be something to be record, reckoned with. We already know Sauce Garner is raw. That defensive line is good. Um, Jordan Whitehead, the guy coming off of the Bucks, man, he's been on the team for, I think, two years now. Second year on the Jets. Had three interceptions from Josh Allen. Josh Allen was looking crazy, man. He, Him as a quarterback, man, a lot of people are starting to doubt him just because of the way he plays. Um, he looks good at times. He has a rocket arm. Um, his reads are good at times. He sees people open. He gets people open. Um, he's able to run because he's bigger than everybody and he's not scared. He's able to put his body on the line, but it just, sometimes he just makes the bad decision. Um, when he should be using his arm and his smarts in the pocket, he tries to take off. He fumbled like twice in the game, um, through three interceptions, obviously to the same guy. 
Um, it just sometimes when he's driving the ball down the field and he just feels like he needs to take a shot in the end zone when he doesn't need to, when he just throws an interception, it's kind of bonehead things like that, that are people that keep him from people discussing him in the level, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see him keep doing these things, um, each year, especially when his team has good records through the regular season, he gets to the playoffs and continue to continue to make those mistakes. And you would think that after making those mistakes in the playoffs in really crucial situations, that he would learn from those things and just play better in the regular season. But it hasn't been that. Oh, well, it's only been one game this season. Hopefully he learned from this one because pretty much the game was in his hands until, you know, He's expected to win after Aaron Rodgers went out in the first four plays. So for him to go out like this, especially turning the ball over so many times, is pretty sad. Um, prayers out to Aaron Rodgers, though. Hope he does get better. Hope he gets right. I uh, know he's probably not going to be a, he's not going to be back for the season. He's yeah, it's over for the Achilles. But hope he heals up whether he decides to play or not. Either way, he's a legend. And um, prayers out to his teammates, man. That were expecting to have a great season and just had so much planned playbooks and plays and expectations for Garrett Wilson and I don't know Sauce Gardner, who was always with them and doing a whole bunch of stuff, team building with him. It was just sad to see him go out like that, and I know they're heartbroken. But, yeah, let's get into some of these next week's spreads and predictions. Um, I'll do this real quick and not dwell too much because I know I did talk a lot about those games, those teams right there. I'm not going to drag it out for y'all today. But uh, next week, we got Philly at Minnesota. Um, Philly's favored by seven. Of course, I'm going to pick Philly in that game because we just showed Minnesota that they, they ain't really nothing. Uh, Tennessee versus Los Angeles Chargers. They're in L.A. I'm picking the Chargers all day because that is my secretly uh, my – my my team for the you know my team for the AFC um, charges a fair by three uh, Falcons at the Packers Falcon or Packers a fair by one and a half uh, I'm picking Packers in that one because I need the Falcons to lose Houston versus Indianapolis Houston uh, Indianapolis is fair by one and a half at home it's probably just getting the home points um, that game shoot I got Anthony Richardson to come out and get his first victory of you know at home in front of his people. I got them. Detroit versus Seattle. Um, Detroit is favored in Seattle. And um, coming off that win against uh, OKC, Kansas City, I think, you know, Detroit has a good offense. I think their defense is pretty good, too. They can get after the quarterback. I got Detroit in that game over Seattle. Uh, Tampa, well, I might might have this backwards because Tampa plays at home this week, and it's not in Chicago, so I might have all this shit backwards. But anyways... Either way, these teams are play. They are playing each other, but I might have the home in a way wrong. But Tampa versus Chicago. Tampa's favored by three. Uh, they're at home. I got Tampa. Uh, the Bills versus L- uh, Las Vegas. I got the Bills in this game to rebound from their loss last week. Uh, Bills are favored by nine in that game. Jacksonville at Kansas City. I don't really know if that's where it is because uh, Kansas City played home last week. So it's probably there in Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville versus Kansas City. Uh, Kansas City favored by three. Um, I got Kansas City to bounce back and win this game. Travis Kelsey probably going to play. So I got them. Cincinnati versus Baltimore Ravens. Um, Cincinnati, I got them bouncing back and beating um, the Ravens. The Cincinnati Bengals are favored by three and a half there. Arizona, Arizona versus the Giants. Arizona is at home in this one. Giants are favored by four and a half. Um, Arizona is pretty bad and they're probably, and they're probably taken as well. So Dobbs has only been there for like two weeks. So I can only imagine that he knows the playbook well enough or it's integrated in the team well enough to actually get this win over the giants who've had these team for a whole year and paid these players so much money to, 
go out 40 to zero. They better come out with a fight next week and win this game. I got the Giants. Rams versus the 49ers. I think the game is in LA, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the 49ers are favored by eight and a half. Uh, yeah. 49ers have that defense is is, I don't know. Matt Stafford did look good. Puka Nakua, the rookie, looked good, but I think the 49ers defense might just shut that down. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. And we're gonna see if the defense of the Rams can hold up against that 49ers offense. But I got the 49ers in that game. Dallas versus the Jets without Aaron Rodgers and that Cowboys defense going against Zach Wilson. I have to pick the Cowboys. Um, the Cowboys are fair by eight and a half in that game. Commanders versus the Broncos. The Broncos are fair by three and a half at home. Uh, who do I got in that one? Uh, I got the oh man, I got the Broncos. I'm not really gonna give faith in Sam Howell. I was watching the game a little bit on red zone and he was kind of messing up a little bit. So I'm not gonna get all that faith in Sam Howell yet. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with the Broncos in that one. And then New England versus Miami. Uh New England's at home by uh Miami's paired by two and a half. I got Miami in this one. Tyreek Hill last game in Tua, as long as Tua's healthy, I think that offense is gonna be unstoppable. Cause it wasn't only it wasn't only Tyreek Hill. Of course they have Waddle, uh Smythe. Their, their other receiver, their tight ends, they were getting open. He was just finding that uh, Mike McDaniel's offense looked like it's going to be vicious this year. So if the, all the pieces are intact and they have their quarterback to run the system, I think they're going to be good. So I got Miami in that game. Carolina versus the Saints, I wish it was a tie. But Carolina – or Saints are favored by three in Carolina. But I'm hoping Carolina wins. I know Saints probably going to win, but I'm going Carolina. I ain't never picking the Saints. So to go back over all the games, Philadelphia over Minnesota. I got Chargers over Tennessee. I got Green Bay over the Falcons. I got the Colts over the Te uh, Texans. I got the Detroit Lions over the Seahawks. I got Tampa Bay over Chicago. I got the Bills over the Raiders. I got the Chiefs over the Jags. I got the Bengals over the Ravens. I got the Cardinals. Oh, I got the Giants over the Cardinals. I got the 49ers over the Rams. I got the Cowboys over the Jets. I got the Broncos over the Commanders. Miami over Patriots. And then I have the Panthers over the Saints. I'm going to keep track this year. I'm going to mark them down right now, just see what I got. And then I'm going to mark it off this weekend just to see if I get them right. And I'm going to let you guys know. I'm going to really keep track. I'm going to keep a tally over here. I'm going to tell Ariel to pull up my tally on this side and see if you can make me a little bracket. Let's see how, how, how much I'm right and how much I'm wrong. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to hold you guys to it because, man, my predictions, if you want to make some money off them, put a little spread, put a little parlay in, you can. Uh, but, hey, don't, I'm, you know. I ain't no professional, you know what I'm saying? This is my opinion, but if you want to use my opinion to make you some money, go ahead. And if you do, don't be afraid to break me off a little something. I'll drop my cash app somewhere so y'all can show some love. You feel me? Uh, but next, let's move on to a little bit of college football. I'm not going to talk too much college football. Um, just a couple of games that I watched and that I paid close attention to. Um, of course, the Oregon game, we played Texas Tech. This game was really, 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 really close, and I did not like it not one bit because – First of all, we had to show that we were able to beat teams outside of our conference. Texas Tech being a team from the Big 12, us being Pac-12, that's actually dissolving right now. Um, just has to show that we can play with the big boys from Texas, the big boys from the South, the big boys from Nebraska, the big, the big boys from Iowa, the meat, the meat and potatoes kind of guys uh, with our big guys. They know we have the finesse guys, the quarterback, the receivers, the running back. You know, but the offensive line, defensive line, we had to prove that we're able to play with these big guys in order to, you know, just showing out just a flash in the pan team with the good uniforms that everybody tries to say we are. Um, and we did that um, at the beginning of the game, a uh, 75-yard touchdown to Troy Franklin. I thought we had it in the bag. But then after that, 
we made some mistakes and let's just let Texas Tech stick around. Tyler Shuck being a quarterback that used to play for the Ducks was scrambling a lot, running a lot. And I don't know why our team wasn't ready for quarterback sneaking. Um, slow quarterback. They ain't really got no wheels, not really athletic. I've seen this guy play. We've all seen this guy play. We have plenty of tape on this guy. I don't know why we let him do what he did to us, but him rushing the ball just gave him lots of opportunities to score touchdowns. Uh, we kept it around, kept it close till about the fourth quarter. Then their quarterback threw a pick six um, in which we probably should have took a knee because we were up by two at the at that point. We could have took a knee and just uh, or what we were up by. I think we might have been up by one or something like that because the touchdown put us up by eight. And if we would have just took the knee and let the time run out, we could have just let the top clock run out and just like won the game. But our, uh, of course, our DB got overzealous. Um, it was a close game the whole way, man. We thought we were going to lose. We we're down by nine at a point. We had to come back and score a couple touchdowns and turn the game around. Our field goal kicker, um, Camden Lewis, came through, kicked a bunch of field goals for us to keep us around. And then at the end, that pick six to win the game, it just it just it solidified it, man. We needed that game. We couldn't lose so early because we have some tough challenges coming up. Uh, we play Hawaii this week, which is another get right game. We can't sleep on nobody, but we it's another get right game. Then we play uh, Colorado in Eugene. Prime time and them is coming to Eugene to try to take us down. And, you know, everybody's going to be have all eyes on this game because it's, it's all about the magical run of prime time and Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes right now. So for Oregon to actually be taken seriously as a national, you know, a national challenge, a national contender for the national championship, we have to go out there and put up some yards, man. Bo Nix has to go out there and not play. Bucky Irving, I, I like our running back rotation. I like our running backs, but I think Bucky Irving needs to play a lot more. Um, he's our most elusive running back, our most effective running back. First game, four carries, 119 yards, two touchdowns. I just feel like we he didn't get the ball enough this game. Um, our receivers, um, Tez Johnson, Troy Franklin, we have a lot of receivers. I haven't, I haven't seen Jerion Dickey yet. Um, I think they're just, you know, holding them out right now. But uh, our weapons are out there. We have weapons out there, and our offensive line can push people around. So I'm just hoping that eventually everything just gets put together and our offense actually becomes unstoppable to where we can make plays and just uh, somebody just got to my house and the dogs is going crazy right now. Uh yeah, but anyways, uh, yeah, hope we just hope we just can put it together. Um, again, we were talking about prime time in Colorado. Uh, they had a couple of games. Now it's been a couple of games for us to see how Colorado is and how how good that they are. Um, prime time, of course, famously brought all his recruits over from Jackson State. Told the Colorado boys that if you're not good enough, you don't think you're gonna work hard to be on this team. Y'all can go now because I brought in all my recruits. I brought in Sedora Sanders, my son, to play quarterback, and he's been doing his thing. First game, 500 yards, four touchdowns. 100 yards to each of his receivers. Um, this game against Nebraska he started off a little slower. I mean, personally, I thought he was going to, you know, meet his match. Some of those boys on the defensive and offensive line for Nebraska were pretty big. Matt Rule was quarterback at NFL experience. Um, I thought they were going to take prime time in them down, but Sidor Sanders actually was able to stand in that pocket, find his weapons. They got comfortable um, and was able to do that thing again. Did exactly what they did the first week. Um, the running back, Edwards, is pretty good, man, catching the ball at the backfield. Um, of course, you had um, – I forgot the other receiver's name that he, with the dreads that he's throwing it to a lot. But he ended up getting like over 300 yards again and uh, getting it around, had a rushing touchdown. I think it's two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. 
Um, this was the opening game at Boulder out there in Colorado. So it was high profile. Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. had Michael Irving on the sidelines. Bunch of celebrities showing up to watch primetime play in his opener. I think that's what's going to be a lot a lot of the times this season. And it's really good for the um, Pac-12, even though it's dissolving now. And it's good for Colorado, bringing a bunch of sponsorship money in. I'm sure the program is making a lot of more money now. Um, but, yeah, their schedule gets a lot harder. And we're going to see um, – how how they fare against tougher talent once again the Pac-12 play um they play us not this week they play Colorado State but they play Oregon next week and then they play USC the week after that so if they could beat two out of those three teams or all three of those teams they'll really show what they're made of and they'll be taken seriously as a national talent I'm sure he'll get all the recruits but it's gonna be a tough path because I know me personally I don't think he's gonna beat us and then USC I know if they can't beat us they damn sure ain't gonna beat USC because USC is gonna be a tough talent as well but we'll see though man again he does have a really a bunch of really good players and everybody on the squad is just looking like they can do shit you know so um so it's gonna be really interesting to see it's going to be really interesting to see. Um, but let's see what else we got here. Um, Bama versus Texas. So that was a really good game as well. Uh, Alabama playing Texas. Um, everybody expected Bama to roll over everybody like usual. Um, Texas, uh, Steve Sharkeesian being a, a Nick Saban assistant and coming out there. Uh, Nick Saban assistants haven't really fared too well against uh, Nick Saban as far as playing them and beating them. Um, but Texas, man, they got a whole bunch of recruits. I will admit last uh, last summer um, and the summer before that, they've been getting a lot of recruits in, a lot of players in, a lot of quarterback in, quarterbacks in. They got Arch Manning. Uh, Quentin Ewers right now is the quarterback um, that they got now. Five-star recruits transferred from Ohio State, if I'm not mistaken. Um but over the last year, they were kind of coming up short. Um, last year, they almost beat Alabama, um, but they came up short. So this year, when they put a whooping on them this weekend, and nobody was really expecting that, um, the Alabama quarterback is not really a quarterback, man. He just scrambles a lot. He doesn't even wear any kind of sleeves or anything or long sock. It just looks ugly. He just looks crazy out there. Um, I don't know if he can even throw. I, like a lot of these recruits, I know he gets the top-notch recruits over there at Alabama. So for them to be recruiting a quarterback that can't really throw or not is not really able to put up in these big games that, you know, Alabama, I mean, versus Texas, you know, this is probably the biggest game of the year. And for the quarterback not to be able to make any plays, Nick Saban, I don't know. He just looks unprepared. Um, but the game it was a butt, quick, butt kicking. Um, to me, it was interesting because the opinion of Quentin Ewers changed throughout the game. It was interesting to me to see because I know people were hating on him coming into this year, saying that he had a lot to prove last year. He let, let a lot of people down, um, saying that there was some stuff that he could have done um, better this year to prove that he was the man this year to get drafted possibly. But as the game went on and he started doing better, that tone changed from everybody, from them saying that he he under undershowed or under under what is the underperform last year to that? He's the best thing since sliced bread. Then he should be considered with all the quarterbacks next year, or this year coming out uh, because he just put on a clinic against Alabama. I think that's the biggest competition they'll play all year. So the rest of the year should be smooth sailing for him, you know, in thought and theory. Uh, but Texas sometimes, you know, can underachieve and they have a, have a, um, reputation for that, I should say. So, um, hopefully this year, with this Alabama victory, it doesn't go to their heads and then them take everybody else lightly. I think they have as, not, as much talent as Alabama, as much talent as anybody in the country, you know, prime time, anybody, Oregon, anybody. So hopefully, you know, 
the Longhorns can actually establish themselves as one of those powers again, and this year they'll be for real. You know what I mean? That's all all the college I have. I know there's a lot of games. I know I probably didn't talk about your college, your school. Your school probably won. Pac-12 was on fire. Last two weeks winning a lot of games. Um, you probably got a fancy quarterback out there in the Pac-12. I mean, our quarterbacks is fire out here in the Pac-12. A lot of these SEC quarterbacks, man, are letting me down when I'm seeing them play. You know what I mean? It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? The quarterbacks are all in the Pac-12 right now. They're all out west. Whatever. All these other quarterbacks around the country just just ass. Caleb Williams is the number one prospect coming out. Nobody looks better than him, but everybody that's playing with him in the Pac-12 looks like the second, third, fourth best. Quinn Ewers out there in Texas look good, looks good. Of course, I don't know, man. Drake May didn't look too good this week playing Appalachian State and barely beat them in overtime, so I don't know. And he didn't throw no touchdown passes, I don't think. Uh, I think he rushed for a touchdown, but no touchdown passes. So that's making me rethink the whole Drake May thing. Appalachian State with no touchdowns, that's not good at all. Fantasy football update. Fantasy football update. What's up, everybody? I'm going to talk my mess right now. Fantasy football, best of bias, invitational fantasy football league right now. Week one is in the books, everybody. I know there's a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff that shook up the season before it even started. Tight ends dropping, quarterbacks dropping. It, it affects a lot of things. You know, Garrett Wilson's projections now. Jonathan Taylor's out. But you know what I'm saying? You got to do what you got to do, especially when $100 is on the line. Actually, $100 per person, which makes it $1,200 is on the line in this league. Man, week one was a doozy, man, for me personally, because I, you know, you know, I came out on top, had the highest score of the week, put up 152 points. I'm sorry, Yancey, I had to do it to you. Um, but, you know, you know, it, it happens. It happens, man. Week one is in the books. I'm going to go through the score of the Best of Bias Fantasy League um, week one. Just let y'all know out there in the world what went happen- what happened in our league and who's in first place. Because I know y'all want to be a part of it. I know y'all want to follow it with us. You know what I'm saying? Best of Bias. Um, I'm going to try to get, like I said, get some people on the po- podcast every week to talk about it on the league. Uh, Kevin wanted to be on this week. Um, but kind of short notice. But let's just go over these scores real quick. Get these out of the way. Me, Mucho De Niro, just beat Justin running back, living paycheck to paycheck, which was Yancey. I won 152 to 131. Um, you're not the boast of me, who was Sean, played Kyle, who uh, lost. <laughs> Sean lost to Kyle, 136 to 91. Uh, Deshaun Shenanigans played Sean uh, Middleton, Shen, uh, Sean's champ team. Sean lost to Deshaun, 114 to, uh, to 82. Dijon Sizzling team won $100, $100, 102, uh, 91, beating Pater Jason. Cam's catering, Kev, he won 146 to 92 against Tay Unanimous. Uh, Derek, who is Hopscotch, won 110 against John, who scored 85 points. Man, John, you already started off towards getting that last place trophy again for the third year in a row, bro. You got to win a game, but... With that, let me see. Let me see the places right now for the Fantasy Football League. Uh, let me see. Pulling it up right now. Boom, boom. Mucho dinero. Boom, boom. So first place, of course, you got me, Mucho dinero. Second place, you got Cam's Catering. Third place, we got Kyle with K-Swags. Fourth, we got Deshaun with Shenanigans. Fifth place, we got Derek with Hopscotch. Sixth place, we got Deshaun with Deshaun's dazzling, dazzling team. Seventh, we got Justin running back living paycheck to paycheck, which is Yancey. 
Eighth place, we got Unanimous, which is Tay. Ninth place, we got Payder, which is Jason. Tenth place, we got You're Not the Boast of Me, which is Sean Gamble. Eleventh uh, place, we got Hot Boys, who's John. Twelfth place, we got Sean's championship team, who is Sean Middleton. Guys, 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 you don't want that last place trophy, and you definitely want the first place belt this year. Uh, th- it's going to be a belt with your name on it, with year you won, last place, with that last place trophy. I kind of think we're going to ingratiate something like a little embarrassing thing to do, like a last place challenge, because I don't think the trophy is enough. You know what I mean? You know, and you gotta put a little, little smell, like a little fart packet in that toilet or something to make it smell and make that shit go off every two hours in your house or something like that. Have some kind of, have some kind of penalty for being in last place because you can't just be in last place to be okay with it. You know what I mean? And in first place, it's such a, it's such a good value for being in first place. Twelve hundred dollars extra. We're doing. 900 for first place, 200 for second place, and 100 for third place. You get your money back. So, man, do what you need to do. Hit that waiver wire if you lost some players. There's no excuses, man. Half the see half the teams in the in the in the squads in the in the league make the playoffs. So, there's no excuses for you not to make the playoffs. Six teams out of 12 make it. So, get your shit together. I want to see y'all up there in first place with your boy because with how I'm looking right now at Tyreek Hill scoring 50, 40 points a game, I might leave y'all on the desk. So holla at me if you need some advice. I can give you guys some areas to go do some research on because, hey, my draft was killer right now and it's looking like Herbert's going to lead me to a championship. I know it's week one. Let's knock on some win. I know injuries could happen, but your boy is talking shit right now because he's in first place. Yeah. Moving on to a little bit of last little, little sports sports here and sports sports there. Coco Goff and Novak Djokovic win the U.S. Open for tennis. Congratulations to you guys, Coco Goff, being the youngest Grand Slam champion since Serena in, uh, since 1999. That's great for her as well. Uh, keep doing your thing, girl. It's crazy to see somebody so young, especially her being a black woman out there just in the second coming of Serena Williams. It's crazy to see. I'm happy to see it. You know what I'm saying? Um <laughs> she was like, man, somebody said on her Instagram live um, with that money, I hope you're going to go out and pay off all your debt. She's like, I'm 19. I ain't got no debt. I'm debt free. I didn't go to college. I'm out here just, <laughs> I'm out here serving, making all this money as a young and making history. And I respect that. Uh, Novak Djokovic is winning everything. Him and Jokic is in Serbia, just being champions and shit like that. It ain't nothing new to him. But Coco Golf, congratulations to you. Congratulations to you too. And uh, Jovak Djokovic, Djokovic, uh, yeah, but you're used to this and uh, keep winning, keep being legendary to both of y'all and keep being great. Um, to the little bit of pop culture topics we got right now, I know we talked a little bit about Mike, Michael Irving and what he did back in the day. Um, he was accused of sexually harassing a woman that he was talking to in a hotel lobby in the Marriott or a hotel bar area. Um, he was accused of not letting the woman leave in the conversation and kind of like making forward sexual kind of kind of like comments toward her and made her, made her feel uncomfortable. Um, so he, she accused him of that and he got fired from NFL network right before the Super Bowl coverage, which cost him a lot of money. He got kicked off ESPN and all that stuff. Um, so he sued the Marriott because he said, none of that happened. It's not true at all. Um, and the stuff that she said happened, didn't happen. And she's lying. Video came out showing there's no audio in it, showing that a lot of the shit that she said did happen didn't really happen. Um, there was no him keeping her from leaving. There was no looks of her being uncomfortable. Um, it showed her just walk away fine and go talk to another guy in which she felt looked and looked kind of shaken up and uncomfortable. Um, that was brought to court. And now 
it seems as though Marriott is settling because um, Michael Irving was countersuing for $100 million due to the defamation and the money lost for him getting fired. Um, the Marriott is actually settling with him because, yeah, it, it came out for the stuff not being true and they kind of ruined uh, some of the stuff and a lot of the money that he was going to make. I don't know exactly how much they settled for. I know they probably didn't settle for $100 million, but I'm sure it's not much less because, yeah, he wants his money and he did get um, a really big consequence for something that wasn't true. You know what I mean? So shout out to Michael Irving. You can see him now on Undisputed with Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp, or not Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless, Keyshawn Johnson, and uh, Richard Sherman now. Um, and a little Wayne's on there a lot too. So yeah, check him out on there. But just shout out to Michael Irving to get past that because yeah, man, Michael Irving's a cool dude. He had a past, you know, a little wild and rowdy past and people try to hold that against him all the time. Um, you know, he's just trying to work and out, you know, tutor these younger receivers and just kind of like find his place as an NFL legend and find his little niche. You know what I'm saying? Let him do his thing. Don't try to take down the playmaker on no crazy shit that people out here try to do these scams in 2023, man. Just leave playmaker alone. I'm happy that he got back on his feet and was able to get hired and uh, Skip Bayless, or Skip Bayless was able to give him a chance um, to be on Undisputed because not only is that a, a great show, it's a good opportunity for him to, you know, because he is knowledgeable. I mean, he was a wild kind of party boy back in the day, and people kind of <laughs> hold that against him. But Michael is cool, man. Even though you may not like him for being a cowboy, Michael is cool, man. Let him let, let him do his thing and stop trying to take him down. He's making his money. Um, a lot of times when these older players can make that transition and actually sound good on TV, look good on TV, and do their thing, though he'd be preaching and sweating and stuff, you know, it's something for him to do. He's staying out of trouble. I don't know. He's staying away from drugs and stuff like that. That don't matter. But he look healthy and out there doing his thing and making money. And I'm all about black men making their money. So, you know what I'm saying? Especially after sports when the, you know, the sports money dries up. Finding that other outlet for you to do your thing is, is dope. I like that a lot. Um, what we got next? We got this pop culture, a couple of more things. I'm going to go. Should I do dual cameras for this one? I'm going to do the dual cameras for this one. The Changeling. I think it's what it's called. Apple Plus right now is dope show. Dope show. Lakeith Stanfield is in a new show, um, kind of like a horror kind of sci fi thriller type of thing. Um, I would check it out. I'm suggesting it all or requesting it all or what's the word I'm looking for? Giving y'all something to watch, basically. Um, it's a great kind of make you think kind of show. It starts off kind of weird. I'm not going to spoil it too much. There's three episodes right now on Apple Plus if you guys got that. Um, it, it's crazy, man. It, it's trippy. It's the the horror that everybody's into right now. It has to do with witches and spells. Um, the preview, if you watch the preview, uh, Lakeith Stanfield meets this girl in the library, and all of a sudden this lady has to move away. Um, she goes to Brazil. Um, these people tell her not to go to this lake, but she goes to this lake anyways and meets this lady there, this crazy looking lady that says, hey, I'm going to guarantee these three wishes, but you can't untie this bracelet until the three wishes have come true. If you uh, if you untie this bracelet, cut it off or anything, and it doesn't fall off by itself, you don't want to see what happens. And guess what happens in the movie or in the TV show? You, you could probably guess what happens. And it goes on from there to get crazy. Um, three wishes start to come true, but with that, crazy things happen with it so check it out the changeling apple plus right now check it out not just because your boy asked you to but check it out i'm probably gonna put a pop like a little video in right here a little trailer at the end but tell them the best to buy a century yeah 
<clears throat> yeah, sorry about that. It was the it, it was it was dual cameras, but yeah, it, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. Um, episodes come out every Friday. It's not over yet. Um, we're still in the middle. Episode three ended really, really crazy. Um, you guys need to check that out because if you haven't seen it and you're looking for some suspenseful, you're looking for some good acting, you're looking for some what the type stuff, that's it right there for you, man. I, I watch a lot of stuff and I like to come back and tell you guys what's up so you guys can watch it too. Um, I, towards the end of this, after review, this Ahsoka episode five episode, I'm going to tell you what I'm watching right now, what I'm looking forward to. Some good stuff coming out real soon. Um, but yeah, The Changeling. Check it out. Episodes, like our episodes. Pretty creepy. Hope you guys are ready for it. Hope it don't give you guys nightmares, but check it out. Say Patrick sent you. Lydell sent you. Um, Ahsoka episode five came out Tuesday night. If you guys watched it, um, this one was the one that was supposed to be played in select theaters. So um, if you guys saw it in theaters, that's dope. Um, but I saw it on regular TV. Uh, me personally, again, if you guys have been with us, I reviewed uh, last episode, AKA. Um, if you guys haven't seen Rebels, it's kind of hard to kind of jump in and be knowing what ha what's going on in Ahsoka. Um, this episode kind of proved to be somewhat of a flashback. Um, we see um, Hayden Christensen um, uh, taking and playing his role as Anakin, and everybody knows that Ahsoka was Anakin's Padawan. Um, this kind of shows you what happened throughout Rebels um, as he was as Ahsoka was training under Anakin, and just some of the ways that Anakin was kind of changing, becoming uh, Darth Vader throughout the time that he was being trained or she was training Ahsoka. Ahsoka was noticing it um, throughout the time she was little and kind of recognizing that Anakin was changing from a peaceful Jedi to somebody that was enjoying war and becoming more of a warlord. And he's like, man, you kind of have to do these things to, to survive. So you see that you fight or you die type of thing. And also, if you saw the episode four, Ahsoka kind of gets knocked off this cliff. So it kind of seems like in this episode, she's in the ancestral plane, ancestral plane or whatever from Black Panther type of thing. When she's kind of going through back these, like, these past experiences to kind of kind of become a better version of herself to actually be able to make it back to the real world of the living world. Um, throughout the episode, nobody knows where Ahsoka is. She falls off this cliff and everybody assumes that she's kind of dead. Sabine is taken as well, um, warped with the warp ring to go find Ezra. That's what she wants to do. But everybody else is looking for Admiral Thrawn to start a new war. Um, but yeah, um, they find Ahsoka eventually. Um, again, I'm not too big on the rebel story. So if you don't know the rebel story, just like me, I might be leaving things out that you guys actually already know if you are big up on the story. But um, the little kid that's with the general kind of looks like he's force sensitive and he kind of noticed that uh ahsoka was under the water going through her old experience because he felt this he felt the lightsaber fighting of her ahsoka and anakin at the beginning when he showed up and was trying to fight her just to prove that um she's ready and she can uh well, i don't know what they're trying to prove really but i don't know i think this whole episode kind of forced as it showed as a little flashback and got us ready for what is to come for Ahsoka just kind of gave us a flashback of why she is, how she is now. Um, what happened with Anakin? What happened if you guys didn't see it? Um, and I think a lot of those flashbacks are going to keep happening throughout the show just to kind of get the people that haven't seen it kind of caught up. Because I was watching us like, if you haven't seen any of the past, like Rebels or any of the shows with Ahsoka in it, you will not know what's going on. And they don't really care about it. They kind of expect you to be up on game and know what's going on throughout the whole thing. But 
eventually Ahsoka does wake up from her little trance. Um, she bests Anakin, um, and Anakin tells her that she yeah, there's a chance for her after all. Um, she passed the lesson that he was trying to teach her, and she was able to like you know be woken up after being found in the ocean, just kind of floating there. She's brought back alive, and she realizes that she could actually, you know, again, in the Rebels cartoon, I guess Thrawn and Ezra were either, I guess Thrawn was defeated by warping with the warp whales that were actually in the show um, in this episode and last episode. So they brought back the warp whale for the four episodes, four and five, and they used the idea of following the Warp World, uh, Warp Wells hibernation trails to maybe find where Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger are and now where Sabine is being taken to. So that's where <laughs> Ahsoka goes and ends up going at the end of the episode. Um, after all this flashback stuff, she ends up talking to the Warp Well through using the Force. And I guess he tells her that if he rides and if they ride in her mouth in the spaceship, in the Warp Well's mouth, that he the Warp Wells can warp to where Ezra and Admiral Thrawn are and Sabine are, and they'll just handle whatever ha happens when they get there. And that's pretty much what happened in the episode. How'd I do? I think I did pretty much wrapped it up in a non a person that didn't watch the Rebels kind of way. Um, I think now she's just going to end up being where Ezra is, and we're going to just find out what happened in that situation. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the finale of the next episode, but I couldn't imagine it being more than seven episodes. You know what I mean? I think it's going to follow that six-episode pattern. Um, but it, but it, but it's cool. Um, I, I'm liking it now. I liked episode five. I fell asleep a couple of times. I had to watch it a couple of times, but I'm going to watch a couple of reviews as well to kind of have them fill me in and me just kind of learn a little bit more without having to watch The Rebels because I heard The Rebels was like 200 episodes. <sighs> man, shows nowadays, man, they make you do the legwork a lot before you get to go just have to watch the show. But I'm going to do what I can, you know, get you guys caught up. Probably have to get AKA back in here for the finale um, just to catch us up and just let us know exactly what all happens and tie it together because he actually knows what's going on. I'll probably do that shit. Uh, but that's it for the reviews. Um, what I'm watching now and what's coming up. Um, coming up, we have Loki, uh, October 6th. So that's in a couple of weeks. Hope you guys are ready for Loki season two. Uh, me and Damo talk a little bit what we're, about what we're expecting and uh, what we're excited to see. Uh, I saw that Jonathan Majors is in more than one episode in this. So we're going to see a lot of Kang the Conqueror and a lot of these variants in the next, two, uh, the next season, just seeing what it leads up to and see what Kang's going to end up having to do with the next phases. I'm um, also heard Deadpool three is going to lead directly in the secret wars. So after Deadpool uh, three, we're going to get that secret wars in there directly. And I think the, what happened to dead Deadpool three is going to lead directly in what happened to secret Wars. So we're getting these phases in order. We're getting some connective tissue. Um, but I'm hoping locally Loki can be one of the shows that actually connects some stuff. A lot of the other shows have been standalone type of things. Um, but Loki was the first one and, and, and WandaVision actually connected some stuff too that was actually happening in phase five. But uh, Loki did a good job of introducing Kang. And uh, now let's just see what happens. You know, let's get this thing rolling, man, because we're all in, you know, in limbo right here, wondering what's going to happen. And I want to know now. So let us know. Let's get it um i'm watching the challenge right now um challenge usa is on and in live effect i hope everybody's watching that um there's a new challenge coming out 
it's coming out in October, I think mid-October with everybody from the regular challenge, this Challenge USA one. It's just for the qualifying for the Challenge World Championships that all the other countries from the Challenge comes and plays. Uh, but this one has a lot of less known people in it, a lot of people from like Amazing Race, Big Brother, and a lot of CBS shows, Survivor, a lot of those shows that they throw together. Um, but the Challenge is coming back in October as well, probably right after the season's over to give us all the challengers that we like and love from the actual Challenge show that have been there before that are actually in the challenge houses and not just kind of randomly thrown together from other CBS shows. So I hope you guys are excited for that. September 28th, with, that's this month. So a couple of weeks, we have the Generation B um, coming up as a spinoff for the boys. So I hope you guys are ready for that to come out. Watch that for sure. Um, what else we got coming? Um, hope you guys watch that One Piece. Um, what else? What else? What else? Of course, the Changelings just um, dropped. So you guys should be watching that as well. Um, a lot more stuff coming, man. Uh, but yeah, go just just check that out. Also, if you guys are down, I mean, hey, if you guys are down to get with the crew and go to another Comic-Con this December, we're going to L.A. Comic-Con. We're trying to go out there deep. Um, you know, the podcast is going to be out there representing. We just got back from Collecticon and I got a lot of pop signs. So I'm trying to go out there to Comic-Con L.A. We got some really big celebrities that are going to be out there. Napoleon John Hader is going to be out there. We got Pedro is going to be out there. Um, Tom Kenny, SpongeBob is going to be out there. Billy and Kimberly from the Power Rangers. So it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, we're going to try to get the podcast group out there as well. Me and Damo going for sure. So it'll be a lot of film, a lot of stuff, taking a lot of documentation. But um, it's the best of bias podcast. That's what we do, man. We talk a lot of pop culture. We try to be out there ground, ground level, 10 toes down at the events, showing you guys that we don't just talk about it. We be about it, too. You feel me? But yeah. That's everything pretty much for the podcast this week. Um, kept it short and sweet. A lot of sports. Um, Cinema Corner, not much pop culture. Uh, maybe next week we'll get more pop culture in there, but this week it's just mostly reviewing that football stuff. Um, it's kind of what I do during the football season. When the football season is going, kind of review some sports, talk about spreads, um, get college in there, and then we talk about the pop culture in Cinema Corner. So a lot of stuff to talk about in the coming episodes. If you're new here, thank you for being here. It's Friday. Go get yourself some drinks. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Thank you for clicking, because you could have been at any podcast in the world right now but you click on us and it's the best place to be every friday sometimes we scatter it out saturday sunday but we'll get you something for the weekend to chew on no matter what um also merch everything we got merch hats bucket hats dad hats uh trucker hats um beanies shirts um new hat designs coming we just make they're made they're done they're coming this week so i'm gonna show y'all what's going on got some new hats for sales so hit me up for those um hit me on the website hit me on the youtube hit me up on the instagram which is if you're looking for me it's sac underscore Lydell on the Instagram, Patrick underscore Lydell on the Snapchat. Best of bias on Instagram as well. Just type that in. You can find us on there. We have topics every day on our stories. Let you guys know what we may be talking about. Just topics and stuff we want y'all to know. Um, like, subscribe, join our Best of Bias YouTube page. AKA does a brilliant job of putting all the videos up here. Uh, new clips and stuff in there now so you guys can see everything. We're talking about topics and stuff. Just to entertain y'all while y'all watching. Thank y'all. I know I could be rambling for a long time, you know, these hour episodes, but just got to get these topics to y'all. I know sometimes y'all could be bored and I want to have, you know, want to have something to do. You know what I'm saying? If you're not playing video games or out there in the real world, or even if you are doing your daily tasks, just pop the podcast in your ears and just go ahead and do it. Your boy will be here all the time for you. We ain't going nowhere. It's like Delta Nero. It's the best of bias podcast. And we're always looking for new guests or anybody to join the team. Hit me up, hit me up, hit me up. Don't be scared, man. Once you get in here, get on the pod. It's a comfortable experience. Ask anybody who's been on here. You know what I'm saying? It's it's intimidating at first because you're going on YouTube. You're going to a place where you can be heard publicly and everything you're saying is kind of like out there. 
But you know what I'm saying? Once you, wow, once you get on here and get trained, uh, mic trained, not trained, but once you talk on the mic a little bit, you train yourself to know how to do it and just kind of like get used to everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm not perfect either. I'm still looking for new ways, new tips, new tricks to be up there with all the the big podcasters. But, it, you know, you can't, you can't knock it till you try it. But all in all, it's the best of buys podcast. It's Friday. Enjoy your day. Uh, hug somebody. You blessed. You know what I'm saying? Just, just say thank you for being here today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can never, you can never be too grateful for waking up this morning and drawing your first breath. You know what I'm saying? But anyways, have a good day. Stay hydrated because I know I, I'm dry mouthed all day. I don't know why. Where that theme song at? Yeah. Later, y'all. Peace. It's the best, uh, best of bias. You need to hear for you should try us. From pop culture to the movies to unite us. It's the best, uh, best of bias. Uh, Get best of bias. Yeah.